everyone, this is Kelly and you're listening to We've Got Issues. As a hairdresser, I see and speak to so many women and you can't help but notice that there's a real running theme and that we all seem to be struggling with the same sort of issues. So I really wanted to set up this podcast so that real women could have real talks about real issues. Today, I'm joined by Trinu, who is a transformation coach. Oh, hi Trinu. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So I've been following you for probably about six months now and just sort of watching from afar, um, you know, everything that you're posting, I feel like you're talking to me. So I'm really excited to, to have you on and find out a little bit more about what it is that you actually do. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and talk all about it. So the thing that really grabbed my attention, because you hear about this all the time, and and I suppose quite a lot of people probably don't really know what it means, but inner child work. Inner child work is something that saved me. I just a little bit about my background. I used to struggle with depression like all my life. I think I was 11 years old when I got prescribed antidepressants, which not ideal and should have not been done, but hey-ho. And then somehow I mustered up the courage to go back to therapy at 26. And although talking therapy was good, it helped me, but I, I guess it just helped talking to someone, but it didn't actually change anything on a core level. So I found myself really, really stuck. So when I started working with the subconscious, when I started working with my inner child, that's when things started to really, really change for me. So I'm so, so, so passionate about inner child work or, you know, belief coding or or anything that has to do with the subconscious uh, mind, especially kind of like the younger version of ourselves that needs that love, needs that um, recognition, needs that acceptance, because that was life changing for me. Um, to say the least and it was also life-saving for me so inner child work is all about kind of going back and um, seeing and working with that part of your subconscious mind that was usually like as like zero to eight years old so when we are zero to eight years old we emit the same brain waves that one would admit if you were under hypnosis so I'm also a um, certified clinical um, hypnotherapist so if I would put you under hypnosis now you would start emitting theta brain waves now these are the same brain waves when you're like zero to eight years old you're just you're just emitting them thinking like taking everything in like into your subconscious kind of straight so all of your family drama or what's happening around you what they're talking about all their limiting beliefs and generational beliefs and all the rest of it going into your subconscious so inner child work is uh, is all about working with that part of your subconscious and kind of helping them heal and um really really changing because subconscious mind is 95% of your mind and conscious mind which is you know the affirmations and whatever you do in front of the mirror that's only five percent so when I realized that I've been working 
kind of trying to heal consciously that's when everything has changed so I think the thing that really grabbed me then was the whole you know that children are in a state of hypnosis until they're eight years old and my daughter's just gone eight so I'm like oh gosh I hope I've done a good job (laughs) (laughs) this is why it's so easy for us to say to children Santa is real because they also lack critical thinking and they go oh okay okay sure like they believe us and stuff and and obviously Santa being real is like a white innocent lie but what if you constantly hear oh you'll never amount to anything you ruin my life you you're the reason this family is falling apart what's that gonna do to someone's mind and then we grow up we suppress it we suppress it we suppress it as much as we can and try and put it in the back in the back of the mind into the subconscious but it's never going to go away and then we and then we wonder why some like little things trigger us so bad some things that you see your friend like the same things are happening to your friend but they don't get half as triggered as you and you're like what is wrong with me I must be really wounded I must be really broken and that's that's what happened to me kind of just thinking this is the life for me this is just this anxious mess constantly flirting with depression that's just the life for for me and then when I started actually working with my inner child just working with my subconscious altogether um that's when things really changed for me yeah so you also mentioned shadow work as well what exactly does that mean shadow work the best way that I can explain it is and this is one of my favorite authors Debbie Fortz she says, imagine that you have a castle when you're born, this beautiful, beautiful castle with thousands of rooms and you play in each and every one of those rooms. And for each of those rooms, there's an equal opposite room. So for example, you have a room that's really loud. You'll have a room that's really quiet. You have a room that's really colorful. You have a room that's really bland, but you love each of those rooms and you play in each of those rooms. But then people start visiting your castle and they say, mm, no, not this room. I don't, I, I don't like this room. This is not. And then you start shutting down those rooms like one by one. And then before you know it, you're maybe 26 and you only live in like these three rooms that, that all other people like. Right. But the strange thing about the castle, well, not strange, quite logical, actually, is the fact that those rooms are not going anywhere. Mm. They're, they're there. And that's that's kind of her analogy of like when we are born into this world, we we laugh and we cry and we are emotional and we are loud and we are quiet and we are all of these things all together. But when then we start learning language, that's when people start visiting our castle. Right we know that people around us and the society has preferences to the room, you know, be more quiet, be more reserved, be more this, be more that. So we kind of shut off a lot of, um, a lot of sides to ourselves and because they're not accepted, maybe they're, maybe no one ever said to us that this is not accepted, but we learned that it's not right. Girls are better seen and not heard for example you know big boys don't cry we shut those things off and before 
we know it. We are living in this castle, not knowing who we are, actually, because we've molded ourselves so much to everyone's preferences, because that's survival. That's what we do. We want to be accepted. We need to be accepted. So shadow work is about bringing all of those parts of, parts of us back home and it's making peace with the um, it's making peace with those parts and then when you start actually loving the parts that you were made to hate that's when you start feeling really really proud of yourself but also you can start feeling more whole and less like a shadow of a human being yeah so do you think then that you know it's childhood that does really mold us into who we are that those first eight years are so crucial that you know if you have a really bad time of it then then unraveling that is something that you're definitely going to need to do by doing this in a child work and shadow work I think childhood years and looking back and starting seeing kind of putting together that picture like okay I'm triggered when my partner says that I haven't done the dishes right Okay, why does it get me triggered? What, when was the first time that happened? How does that make me feel? Okay, it makes me feel like I'm not good enough. Okay, when was the first time I felt this way? Like kind of, if you can imagine like, you know, true crime series or, or anything like that, and they have like this big like board where they have a piece of string and they start looking at what kind of goes into what. I think that's really important for us, first of all, to realize that you're not just a like a mess that is constantly triggered by something and, you know, it doesn't have it together. There is a reason for it. There is a reason that you feel this way. There is a reason you always feel the need to say sorry for anything and anything. There's a reason you have anxiety when plans got get cancelled for example that there is a reason for these things and but when you start learning and looking back like okay this is how it makes me feel this really I think relates to maybe when the time where I was six and that and that happened then first of all you start realizing that none of this is your fault now just because none of this is your fault doesn't mean that healing isn't your responsibility and yours alone do I think wounding can come after like eight years? Of course it can. It's the first boyfriends that cheated on us. It's the narcissistic relationships, of course. A lot of them, um, a lot of them kind of almost started solidifying the beliefs that the very untrue beliefs that we already had about ourselves. Like if you already believe that you're not enough and you when you got into a bad relationship that just solidified that so you might need to go back to like a few memories and kind of start healing from there but I would say majority of it um, absolutely starts from childhood and when you start kind of shining a flashlight there and going okay where's this trigger coming from then you also see that you're not just like a lost cause or like that's what happened to me like for the longest time I just thought oh that's the light for me like I'm just a anxious person I'm just a person who doesn't like change I'm just a person who gets triggered by these things and did I and by saying that I am just this person I made everyone else around me act a certain way because I am just that person and I 
I got to take no responsibility for who, like how I was. But when I started seeing that, okay, this is because of something else and my friends can't fix that. My partner can't fix that. It's not theirs to fix. It's for me only to fix. That's where true empowerment came from. And that's where things started changing. I think it's really interesting that you say, you know, that there was a time where you're like, well, you know, it's just how I am. And, you know, so everyone else is going to have to sort of, and I think we can all definitely resonate with that. I definitely know that there was a, a probably majority of my twenties, you know, I was saying, well, you know, this is just how I am. It's who I am. But I guess when you've been told that as well, you know, and you think that you believe that yourself anyway, but then you're also being told, well, this is who you are, then, you know, sort of looking, realising that you actually need to look a little bit deeper doesn't always necessarily come easy, does it? No, it doesn't come easy. Um, because that place where you get to say, this is just me, this is just who I am, you know, put in a status on somewhere like take me or leave me as I am do you know what I mean <laughs> do you remember those MSN statuses um you know kind of is is a comfortable place to be it's really really comfortable so I had to have like a really strict sit down with myself and go like where are we going now because we can't go on like this it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way because a lot of the women that do come to me they um they sometimes they say oh you know I nothing really bad happened in my life so I don't you know a lot of them come to me saying oh I don't know why I'm even here nothing and then you start start talking and you see that you know they were told certain things or made to believe certain things about themselves but but nothing ever that that big and I'm using quotation marks because what we Mm go through is so subjective but as our society says you know only those big things you know only those big things and then you can be a little bit broken but otherwise nothing bad really happened to you so I don't know, even know what you're complaining about right so we really do that as women don't we? we say well you know it's not you know it, you know it's not that bad and I know there's always somebody else who's been through worse and it, I mean, what a strange thing to say, because like you say, it is so subjective and what you're going through is very relevant to you, isn't it? Or what you've been through. I have actually a funny story about that and I haven't told anyone about it. <laughs> so I, I was one of those, um, I was one of those um, people that um, I, I remember I was 26, I mustered up the courage to go to talk therapy. And I remember it was my first session and I I sat down and I was I was already crying like and um, my therapist said, "Oh, why are you crying already?" And I'm like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry." He's he's like, "Why? Why?" And I'm like, "Well, um much more important things are happening in the world right now and that was around the time where the Manchester attacks on uh, in at the Ariana Grande concert happened and I'm just like how can I how am I even sitting here and talking about my problems and there's like 22 people who have lost their lives children have lost their lives we don't know what's happening right but I realized 
I went back into my like memories and and kind of saw where that started from. And one of the memories was that when I was 11 years old, I was like bullied by like a like a two, three girls. Um, I ran home and they ran after me and it was a drama and I was crying in my bed. And and I was really, really, really upset. And my mum was like, um, okay, what happened? And I, I explained the situation. She was like, and she took the newspaper and she opened the newspaper and she was like, look, yeah, but look what's going on in the world. And that's where the 9-11 attacks happened. I learned then that there's more important things going on in the world than these little tiny things, you know, the thoughts and what, what, what I was struggling with. So this is like a good and just really good example of what we talked about before, how things are like, and I'm sure there are many other times if a mom can say that, you know, when her daughter is being bullied, believe me, I'm sure that I learned it like even, even earlier than 11 years old. Mm. But it's just like, I remember that memory so well. And I was like, people have lost their lives and here you are complaining about something and we still think well what do I have to complain about that was me I was like but I have roof over my head because we hear that a lot don't we but you had a roof over your head you had food on your table so what are you complaining about it's shaming as well isn't it shaming you in the moment and then leaving you with that lasting like you know way of shaming yourself as well for going well how can I be feeling sorry for myself about this when I've got this this and this and they don't have that and like you say you know you can box these things away and go oh well no it's okay I've got to put it over there and just pretend but it is always still there isn't it it's always um, there and I will tell you now something that I've seen with my clients is that a lot of us talk talk to ourselves the same way that our parents talk to us when we were little. So I see that all the time when they're when my clients say, oh, I'm going to stop being a child. Oh, I'm not a child. Like, why am I doing this? I'm like, where did you hear that? Who told you to stop being a child? And they go, oh, my mom when I was six years old. I'm like, what's wrong with being a child? Every time there's something really particular, like stop being a child and I shouldn't be doing this and this is so stupid of me. Hmm. I go, where did you hear that? And, and men have, oh, big boys don't cry. What, why is it that, um, don't, I don't remember the, the statistics now, but here in the UK, um, the biggest killer of men under 35 is suicide yeah. why because because they've been told you don't cry you don't show emotion where and that's why it's so important to go back and hold that little person mm-hmm. who's like a five years old but the version of you and be like it's okay it's really okay almost reparent yourself I guess Yes, exactly. That's what that's the main that's the main component of inner child work is reparenting and being that parent to your child self that you wish you had and you never had. But this work, it's it saved me. So I, I, I want people to know about it, because one of the great things 
about the subconscious mind is it doesn't know the difference between, between real and imagined. So you can go back and you can work with that memory to the point where that memory is changed. So with belief coding, for example, I had this memory that um, I was, we were really, really, really poor growing up. And I really, really wanted this toy that was this like ballerina toy that you would just like pull a string and it would fly off somewhere. I remember those. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, they were, they, they were beautiful, but I, I got a faulty one. So, uh, so in my six, so I was six years old and what I meant to kind of how I translated in my brain was that's typical that the one time, like, I don't know what my mom and stepdad did, but somehow they got that, like their hands on that toy. Like we didn't even have money for advent calendars. That's how poor we were you know and they somehow got that toy for me and it did not work and in my mind how I had made it about myself was like that's typical no good things will ever happen to you wow I mean I guess having it and it not working is worse than not getting it in the first place I can't imagine how sad that at such a young age you already were thinking well of course of course this has happened to me nothing good's going to happen yeah, and we make things about ourselves a lot of the time. And there is a reason, for example, like if we have emotionally unavailable parents or, or anything that like they're struggling with, um, let's say alcoholism, like let's say they, they come from work and they start drinking right away. As little children, we do make it about ourselves because if we well first of all we don't we don't have critical thinking but let's say that we did to think that oh mom and dad are gonna are coming home they're both starting drinking they are alcoholics which means that they are unfit parents that in our minds would would have equaled that they are unfit parents which means that i will starve to death mm-hmm unfit just kind of means like I'm, I'm not safe I'm not safe in that way so we had to make it about ourselves because that was easier so so it for a six-year-old it's easier to think they are drinking because of me not because they are unfit parents because if they're unfit that also kind of that interferes with our basic instinct of survival so we had to almost think that it was me it was me and I'm the reason I'm the I'm the common denominator here I had another session on me yesterday because it's really important for me to invest in my invest in my own healing as well and I can do them on my own like I can self-facilitate but someone holding this space for you is a bit different and we went back to a memory where um like my mum brought a friend over and I was so jealous at five years old because I couldn't get my mom's attention Mm. because that friend like my my mom left me when I was four for like two years and then she came back she came back with a friend and I bawled my eyes out in this session because I was so you know at first you're upset then you get angry like how dare you looking back or and, and, and anyone else would be like yeah so but your mom just brought a friend over but 
in my subconscious, there's a six-year-old who waited for her mom for two years and she came back and didn't give me the attention that I thought I'm going to get loads of because she's been away for two years, right? And again, it's not it's not traumatic or what society would say that is traumatic. But from that point onwards, also, I learned that I didn't matter. I didn't matter what I what I wanted didn't matter. My opinion didn't matter because, you know, I was just there kind of behind the scenes. So sometimes the smallest memories even affect us in a way that we had. We, we don't know until we kind of actually start like playing detective. Well, that's it. And it's all right for someone from from outside to look at one thing, but it's been a catalogue of events as well, hasn't it? So, and being logical people, like you say, we're we're grown-ups now, we are logical, and and you can rationalise that within yourself, but it doesn't mean, because I know that 100%, there's things that I think, and then I think, well, why do you think that? You don't really think that, but it doesn't stop me automatically going to that. It's It's just there. It, it's yeah it's just there and I I always say to my my clients or, or people that I talk to about it it's like you cannot intellectualize your way into healing like I tried <laughs> I tried and and of course go looking back and going do you know what mom drank because you know her stepfather was abusive and of course, we now as grown ups can give that love and compassion to our parents and know like, I understand that the way that I was treated was perhaps the same way that they got treated. I understand that they don't have access to that information or that support that we do now, of course. But those things can doesn't mean that they are mutually exclusive just because you can have that compassion and be like, I know my mum did the best with the circumstances and with the mental state and everything and the finances that she had. It can coexist with the little child within you who is angry, who is sad, who is upset, who is all those things. One, what you do, one, one is what you do with your conscious mind, totally different story totally different story what is happening in your subconscious and the wounds and the limiting beliefs that that little girl or boy is carrying I think that's what's screaming at me here that you're saying I mean I I didn't realize that those that was the percentages that five percent of your mind is conscious and it's the 95 percent so when, once you know that, it makes total sense that you can't sort of rationalise. I speak to so many people who say, well, I know what's wrong with me, so what's the point in going to therapy? Because I already know it. And you're like, but you haven't unpacked it. Go and talk to somebody about it. And then it's all right knowing it, but actually having processed it and sat with it is completely different, isn't it? Yeah, talking about it definitely helps. It definitely helped me um, as well. But to kind of go back and do that inner child work that you can actually do like home as well or put a meditation on or anything like that and process, like let that little person process it as well. Because when we like that little person needs to feel that sadness and that anger and that injustice, injustice, sorry, um, and process it that way. When those things happen to us, we are holding on to that emotion. 
we are holding on to that emotion and a lot of the times these emotions that we are holding on to gathering and pushing down they will um they will also how they um, like manifest is like disease in our body because our body holds on to those things your body keeps the score and when these things happen and we hold on to them and we don't process them they come in several ways they can come in ways in like acne or back pain or anything how working with the subconscious is not just about kind of healing your mind but it's actually healing your body as well definitely it's crazy like you say how it does show up I mean one of the things I've heard and and it's been discussed with me is I struggle with RBS and I know for a fact that if I'm feeling something that I don't like I do that push it push it down so and that and I have back pain as well you know I have a bad back don't you think it's so connected I would say it isn't even mind and body it's mind body yeah it's just one thing when our tummy aches or anything like that we do go to the doctor but we are less likely to do so when we have you know like a negative belief or anything like that because that's not the society we live in very much it's subconscious mind work is where it lies and what I also want to say is like you can do it yourself you can do it from home you can you know look up hypnosis um you know never use the never use the kind of excuse that you don't have a money money to pay someone there's so much information out there on inner child work that's there's meditations there's there's books there's you know you can use EFT you can use hypnosis and everything like that help is out there and it's it doesn't always have to be that you you know some people do prefer coaches you know or whoever to support them but you can you can do it you can do it on your own and if you need help help is there available but if you take anything away from this podcast is that start today but one of the things is as well that people will listen to this podcast or watch us here and go oh i'm gonna start doing it now i'm gonna i'm gonna start journaling and i'm gonna buy a new book or a new journal and i'm gonna have this flashy pen and before you know it two weeks have gone by and you haven't done any work and that's because and learning this blew my mind your subconscious mind wants to keep you safe what is safe is what you already know but that's because subconscious mind finds this work quite terrifying and not because it doesn't want you to be happy it just wants you to be safe it doesn't know the difference between happy or sad it's just like we're going to keep you safe so anything new especially work like that can be quite terrifying so if you do want to do this work and you do want to start doing it also see where that self-sabotage is going to come in from because it is going to come in from somewhere it will and I I'm saying it as a self-proclaimed self-proclaimed self-sabotage queen I mean when you talk to people about inner child work they definitely sort of go what like yeah that for that's a bit isn't it so 
Whereas, and I definitely was one of those people. I thought exactly the same thing until I did something with, you know, some work with someone on in a child and was like, whoa. Yeah. So you've done that work before? Very briefly. And I had some hypnosis last year. Um, and on one on one of the sessions she did around one memory talked to me about um you know uh, take you back to a specific memory and tell me how you're feeling and a little bit around that it doesn't have to always be this you know this so heavy and so bad and I always tell my clients as well like you know connect with your inner child through play connect with your inner child through things that she liked to do as well it doesn't always have to be like this really bad and you know going back to that really hurtful things but it so I usually go I usually do go back to the memories with my clients but this is just a really good kind of example of just establishing that connection with that little one and sometimes they're six years old sometimes they're eight years old sometimes they're five years old and that's okay I mean I've got children so I think you know we tend to play a lot of lego and coloring and things like that and I can really get immersed in that I mean a lot of the time they'll give up and go and I'm still sat there doing it so I didn't realize that that was sort of you know a little bit of inner child work there really Definitely, definitely that kind of immersing yourself in play, in nature, being silly, doing things like um, like that, that, that. That's all helping the inner child feel, feel more freer. Inner child work is a lot of things and it doesn't have to always be this heavy. I think it's, um, it's so interesting as well that, I mean, I always say that I really feel like I was reborn when I had my children. And that maybe that is because, like just with you saying there, you know, I've, I'm really immersed in them. You know, we do, we go out, we climb muddy hills and I'm sliding down on my bum and things like that. And it's the kind of, I don't know, it does sort of bring out that kind of, you know, you come at you from when you come away from a day like that, you do feel so much lighter. So, you know, perhaps that's something that people can take from that as well. You know, that's a, a piece of information you've left us with there that, you, you know, just immersing yourself in your children can really, really help you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, I personally don't have um, children. I have a bunny rabbit, (laughs) but um, she is my child. Um, But having children, I think, forces you to slow down as well and really take in kind of your surroundings a lot. I can only imagine, um, you know, it forces you to slow down a little bit. But if you don't have children, you can still go to the nature and still slide down with the bum (laughs) you know get yourself muddy and really look at nature and everything through the eyes of a child and I think inner child work is definitely something that people sort of go that's weird I'm not doing that you know why would I want to do that the past is in the past and all that kind of jazz but we're definitely you know it's particularly people at my kind of age your kind of age are definitely sort of doing this kind of thing more and looking that little bit deeper aren't they yeah definitely and I think you know it, it is hard to do inner child work what you've got people are saying very similar things aren't they the things that were the problems that we're struggling with are very similar and you just think you know if you just put it out there then it encourages people to talk more openly and stop the you're not on your own you know you're not strange for feeling that way um and there are other people 
like you out there you know it's so British to push it down and and just go just get on with it but I say I think like being your true authentic self you naturally then attract people that are the right people for you don't you yeah the um Estonians are even worse for it because that's where I come from Estonia and they are even worse when it comes to pushing things down not talking about stuff like because we were very much like savaged by the war as well and everyone was told to kind of you know the like an ex-Soviet Union country Mm. and you know people are really struggling mentally I think um so uh I know I, I know what it means kind of just like pottering on and and stuff like that but at the end of the day you know stuff like that can kill people you know all this kind of suppressing and repressing and 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 everything like that um I'm just reading a do you like the tv show friends yeah so I'm just reading Chandler Bing's book. Oh, yes. Matthew Perry's book, but he played Chandler, Chandler Bing. And he talks about his substance issues. And he talks about this one, one memory that he had when he was six years old and he was put on a plane when he was younger. And he's got su- such bad abandonment issues from that because he saw families together, you know children crying and mums and dads being you're okay and he was there all alone and it's just these memories that affect us like we we just think they shouldn't and we repress it down and it's just and he's almost died I don't know how many times so yeah and it's always you know it's amazing isn't it these people that you see that are larger than life and you think oh and it's usually they're the actual people that are hiding something aren't they yeah yeah and definitely him and you and and it's usually the people that make us laugh as well mm. I feel that is kind of yeah the people that make us laugh yeah. some of the people can be like the the saddest people actually mm. yeah I mean obviously like I say with having kids you know we we read a lot and you know the, the messaging especially in kids books now as well you know these specific ones like the big bag of worries and it's all about you know stop keeping these that worry doesn't belong to you give that there and you know stop lugging all these worries around with you unpack them and you know and that one I don't need to worry about that anymore that can go and that one's my mum's worry I'll give that back to my mum and you think you know we're, re- we're talking to our kids about that but we're not doing it for ourselves no no oh we always hold ourselves to double standards with everything with everything I usually always ask my clients um you know the compassion that they give to like their friends and loved ones I'm like what makes you so special that you can hold yourself to these double standards and they all go like mm. and I'm like well it's again conscious question right and it's co- and it's just a good one. Obviously, you, you're you not going to heal anything with that question because it's subconscious mind where it comes from. But I always ask that question and I can see them going a bit like, ooh, okay, like <laughs> taking it back because I'm like, well, you must think you're quite special if you are applying double standards to yourself that you wouldn't apply to your friends and loved ones. And they all go, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I speak to myself in such like in a way that I would never speak to anybody else that's what I mean that's what I mean I always say what makes you so special because you would never speak to like that to your friends your yeah. family your children what makes you so special mm, that's something I'm really trying to work on this year you know the amount of times you see it don't you like speak to yourself like you would a loved one speak to yourself the way that you would a loved one but 
but that's conscious so mind work then that's conscious mind work in a child within you is still going oh my god oh my god it's like i see i see coaches saying or, or like i call them bro coaches on instagram that go just love yourself just do this just i'm like oh really yeah, so was that the answer all along that oh just stop people pleasing are you kidding me like that comes from somewhere that comes from a wounded wounded kind of reflection of you in the subconscious it's it's going there constantly and saying you look perfect you are perfect just the way you are you are enough you always were but it's and going back to specific memory so you need a memory and you need like a limit limiting belief and an emotion to actually change that mm-hmm. um that's where the magic also comes in but but like it, it's just amazing work and never beat yourself up if you are not able to just stop talking badly about yourself because again that comes from subconscious subconscious holds the self-esteem your self-worth your self-image all of that is in the subconscious nothing to do with how you actually look now no no and they say don't they that the fact that you're thinking about it in the first place shows that you you know you're healing yeah oh yeah definitely definitely and having that having that kind of awareness around it is definitely the the first um step definitely definitely and I would also suggest to just get a picture of yourself Mm -hmm. so every like when you were six or seven years old and every time you do talk badly to yourself you look at that child and you say am I able to tell that to her Mm -hmm. you're actually talking to her as well you're talking to six-year-old Kelly Mm -hmm. as well you try and do that I imagine it with my daughter because which you know she does look very similar to what I looked like as well and like when you were saying like with the oh do you want to give her a hug I really because she's quite petite as well I really wrap myself up like I make sure she's like under my chin and right under and I think well they're the best kind of hugs aren't they and I'll sort of close my eyes and it's like we're sort of giving each other that kind of hug you know (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely I must admit I do think it feels weird while you're doing it as well and you sort of you know you do sort of think "Mm, is this like you know but then as it's uh, the further that you go through it you start thinking oh no this I really need to hear this as much as I might feel a little bit silly or you know you know a bit bit self-conscious you can tell that it's working as you're doing it as well like it's really really powerful but it's you know it's 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 a lot of times harder I had a client bless her she was like can we take next week off because things are changing too rapidly and I can't catch up (laughs) because changes are really rapid Mm -hmm. and you know trying to get your head around that is just so I was like, yeah, we'll we'll just get on a call and talk about Kelly Clarks, and that's absolutely fine because it is it is just so rapid that like people have literally been like, can I just like can I just take take it down for a minute? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine, don't worry, because it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. When I said belief coding is like inner child work on steroids, my navigation is like belief coding, but on steroids. So I do my navigation with belief coding only now with my clients. 
And I only signed them up for like 10 weeks now. And we literally go back to these memories. Like one of my clients just like signed up for a whole year, for a whole year, because she she literally wants to go and go and change like all of them. Um, which is amazing. And she wouldn't have done that if it wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When I started learning about uh, like subconscious mind work way before belief coding and stuff, I, I actually got really angry because that isn't taught to us in school. I know it's like not the kind of the, the, the conventional therapy and stuff, but it works. And I don't know. I just got really angry because I, I wish I would have known it sooner. I'm like, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, found it when I did. Um, I was 30 and I'm, I'm really happy that I did find it, but I'm also, you know, a little bit, um, little bit um, mourning the years that I would have had if I would have known it sooner. But I, I know it, things worked out the way that they had to, for sure, for sure, for sure. But it does make me like sometimes wonder why, you know, I'm so happy for belief coding to be taken off because it should. It's life changing. And I don't say that easily. But this is just another level. Yeah, it's leveled up. Leveled up. Like, like I said, it's what I already did, but like on steroids, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I guess if you really believe in it, then, you know, it's going to work anyway. Into, you know, the, you, you believe in this and then that conveys to people as well, doesn't it? I think so. But also, uh, like a lot of my clients are quite skeptic, which I absolutely love mm. because I'm going to show you <laughs> when they start feeling the changes, they go, oh shit mm. oh shit and I'm like told you and they're like oh I should learn to trust you more but a lot of them that because it's not conventional and it's not the the normal way of doing things I guess it is alternative therapy style and when stuff starts starts changing I literally have a message from my client I don't know if you saw it I put it on my stories the other day but my client found themselves less triggered like not triggered in a situation that usually would trigger them and they literally wrote to me they were like I went through every possible like scenario of why this would have like happened that I wasn't that triggered and I had to come to the conclusion after failing to find like the reason that it is because of our sessions together and I'm like I told you proof is in the pudding eh yeah definitely so and my sessions are long man they are like they're up to three hours long wow so it's not easy at all yeah yeah well I'll, I'll keep watching and I'll keep uh relating I'm absolutely sure and uh yeah thank you so much I've really enjoyed it I've had um it's been very enlightening Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. That was Trinu, a transformation coach for women who specializes in the subconscious mind and belief coding. She can help reframe those negative beliefs in our subconscious that are holding us back. They are not serving us. They're weighing us down and we need to let that shit go, ladies. For anyone wanting to follow her and perhaps take that next step on healing your inner child, she is on Instagram at trinu.co and I'll attach a link in the description below. But for now, that's enough from me. Please do hit follow and tune in for the next episode for more real women having real talks about real issues.